Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And when I told his dad to, and I guess they went and looked at it, and like, damn, it's a bad cut. And he had to get six staples in his head. And the trainer told him he shouldn't even tape it. Mm-hmm. What? The trainer's tough. That trainer's old school. Old school trainer right there. <laughs> Rub yeah, some so dirt he on didn't, it. He didn't, yeah, he didn't get to wrestle the second day because he had staples in his head. Sad. I guess, uh, I guess we got some music going in the uh, live stream so i don't know oh, if people really? can hear us talking but they're jamming out to the <laughs> to the intro music <laughs> so. mm, we don't hear in our ear no yeah, i don't hear the, in my ear yeah it's to wake the people okay. up okay yeah yeah so no it was really good um it's perfect for us because we get um you know we get what six matches and it's pretty close to home we got we had five different awa teams in there so a lot of matches for our kids awesome awesome weekend and uh I think you can watch all those matches on flow. Bunch of college coaches need to be checking out Ben Bass because he beat two nationally ranked guys this weekend. Um, he's won a state title before. Um, he's kind of a little bit under the radar at this point. There you go, Ben Bass. Bast. Bast. What uh, weight was that? Going to make a fish joke. What weight was that rating match at? One, the 120. It was okay. the one that wrestled 125 though. Yeah. Gotcha. He kind of he kind of hammered him. It, it kind of wasn't really competitive. Is he all. going to Super 32? No, I thought he was registered, but then he told me he just told me he wasn't. And I don't. Remember, it was it was actually a kind of pretty valid reason. We we aren't huge on sending guys to Super Thirty Two. Um, you know, we have some guys go, but not. It's not like we send the the entire squad or anything. But I actually thought Ben was registered. Um, I'm gonna look it up. I thought he was registered, but he told me he wasn't going. No, I don't see his name on here actually. Yeah, I guess he's not going. I think uh, Rainey, what the match was at, would you say 6 or 13? No, no, no. He's the 120-pound Rainey. And then there's also okay. a 113-pound Rainey. Right. Um, and that one is the one that I think he's dropping to 106, right? For um... I think that was the plan, but I think now he's going to 113. Yeah, he's, I was going to say, he, does, he, does, he doesn't really look small. Uh, so. I think he'd be a gigantic 106. So, yeah. I think we're going to have David Bray on Thursday, and we can do a, a good mm-hmm. Super 32 good. preview for all you 
high school fans out there. The biggest probably tournament, high school tournament of the year outside of maybe Fargo. It's probably even bigger than Fargo too, though, actually. Uh, well, I mean, the thing about this versus Fargo would be that um... – Wow, uh, yeah, they registered at one thirteen and one twenty. I just, I just looked up the thing, brothers. The difference between this is that it's is a singular division. You know, in Fargo, you may have as many right. people, but they're split between the, the cadets and the juniors. Um, Same with trials, and, where you have cadet trials and junior trials. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this, they're all in one bunch. Um, I mean, the, I looked at your weight class preview, or I, I don't know if you had a preview. It's just maybe listed who was at what weight, and some of these weights were. They were really ridiculous. Like, holy moly, that's a good weight class. Yeah. No, pretty much all the best kids go now. So, yeah. Kind of have to because they want to get recruited. Except in Bast. Uh, well, Turdy filled up, obviously. I it was I don't I don't recall what his reason was, but he he had something good. I don't know if it was a wedding or something to that effect. All right. Well, maybe the biggest news over the weekend. Yeah, was, big news here. Yet again, Gable Stevenson stealing the show. Right after I was Man, there. Man, those in the headlines. You got to love it. Mm-hmm. He, uh, and he knows how to do it. Um, so a report came out from ESPN that he recovered from uh, a heart condition and is now full-time training at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. So, good for Gable, bad for NCAA wrestling fans, because that pretty much secures he's not going to come back this year. Well, like I said, I didn't care about his college career. <laughs> I know I know Brandon Eggham and the Minnesota Gophers do, but I don't care because he's so good compared to everybody else, you know. But, um, uh, man, I want to see him wrestle internationally. I want to see him wrestle the Iranian and Georgian. That's the match I want to see and it also explains a little bit why we haven't really seen him uh, yet on the WWE scene. I think going in, the plan was to uh, pretty quickly put him out there, get him in the ring, and there were some questions around why some speculation yeah. as to you know his relationship performance at the WWE, but it sounds like he, uh, he was just having a heart operation, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. He obviously competed at such a high level and no one ever knew anything differently. <laughs> Wild, right? This said he was diagnosed right before the Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I was looking into the heart condition a little bit and it seems like you can have it and like not really know about it um, if you don't have any symptoms, which can happen. Um, and there was some, there was some notable, notable, uh, other celebrities that had this heart condition. Marilyn really? Man- who? Marilyn Manson. Ooh, the beautiful people. Oh, the beautiful people. Meatloaf. And, uh, remember, uh, the, that UFC fighter, Dan Hardy? I guess he, yeah. I guess he had it. He, he, after oh, he was, was diagnosed, that why he retired he though? So yeah, after he was diagnosed, he didn't fight again, but I guess he was, he was cleared, um, the oh. fight, but then just never went back, just commentated. Interesting. Huh. Fascinating. Yeah. So good luck to Gable, Gable. and then kind of us, sad for us that that we won't be seeing. I, I would like to see him internationally. Uh, maybe we talk Triple H into you know letting him do a a match with uh, Zare or something like that once in a while. That'd be nice. Seems like uh, Diaz is going to go the WWE route too. 
Wait, who? Nate Diaz? Mm-hmm. No, stop. He Where just put up that? a picture with Triple H and said, uh, what's next? They'll probably do like a one-off or something like that. Like, yeah. I mean, I took a picture of Triple H too. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I have a hard time seeing, you know, the Diaz brothers are hard to work with. The, the, the WWE will not. That's true. Play. I don't think they'd, uh, they'd play along to, uh, just losing willingly. No, they would, <laughs> no, they would have a tough time with that. Hey, the other thing about WWE is, <laughs> Our man Daniel Cormier got to be a guest referee. Yes, he did. He was loving life. Oh my God, that, that just made me smile so hard. <laughs> it's funny too because he, he's all about the WWE. He's he's like a big fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, funny. He was in heaven. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> Other big wrestling news over the weekend. Um, some big commitments. McGowan headed to Princeton. Uh, Blair Kid. That was actually, I think that happened last Thursday. Was that last Thursday we got dumped? I believe. Got dumped, yep. Bro, I got to tell you a story. I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you. I can, I'm not going to say who it is. You want to hear something so funny, JD? Hit me. Okay. So this one person was debating this other person. These two, two guys were talking. And they were talking about how much news comes out on Friday. And do you want to know why the one person thought so much news came out on Friday? Why? Because we always talk about the Friday news dump. They thought it was us. <laughs> and they thought it was real. They thought they thought we really meant it. I mean, the Friday news dump is a real thing. Where if you want to like, stop. if you want to put out a press release, but if you like are trying to hide sake, something, for wrestling sake. No, it's oh, yeah, all wrestling. Yeah. Correct. Like, yes. Yeah, it's just news happens when it happens. When it happens, yeah, and in wrestling. Uh, I mean, I would love to think FRL is big enough where, where wrestling people are consciously thinking about avoiding FRL. I just don't know <laughs> that we're. I just don't know that we're there yet. Also, I think, in, especially in like this case, it would be the opposite. Where they they'd want us. Talk. Well, if it was bad news, then they wouldn't want us. To talk right, about. right, right, right. But uh, yeah. McGowan chose Princeton over Penn State and Ohio State. Those yeah. were his top three that he put out a couple days before. So pretty good company there yeah, for the Tigers. Absolutely. Hit the highest big board recruit maybe ever. For Princeton. For Princeton. Oh, really? Yeah, so he is number uh, 11, I believe, right now on the big board. When Patrick Glory graduated, he was 17. He was, okay, he was really high. Yep, he was 17. Stout was in the 20s. Where was Kladzik at? Kladzik was lower. He was I like think. in the 30s or 40s. Um, so, yeah, an awesome pickup for the Tigers. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see to see how he does there. I assume he's wrestling 26 now. He'll probably be 33 in college, you would think. Yeah, fair guess. So now, uh, I, you guys did tell me Jim Mullen wasn't gonna play. He was gonna play football, correct? Um, that would be my guess. He still hasn't made an announcement on that either way. Okay, because if that you know if that's the case, then there is no one in the top twenty-five left on the big board. Um, you kind of got to scroll down, and so you got uh, you got Joel Adams, Camden McDaniel, um, Sonny Sass. Camden McDaniel just uh, committed to Nebraska this go. weekend as well. You got Sonny Sasso and Joel Adams. Where are they going? Didn't Sonny Sasso oh, Sonny commit Sasso. to Virginia Tech? Mm -hmm. 
He did. You guys need to update this board. The they they probably three. committed uh, after the after the board <laughs> was. Oh no, this is August thirty one, twenty twenty two. So we yeah, you guys got to update. Okay, so they committed in September. Here? What about Joel Adams? He is not committed yet. He put out he had like a top seven. Yeah, last I saw. Let's. He visited Missouri. Hey, go to Missouri. Great place. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> His top seven is Michigan, Cornell, Nebraska, Missouri, Ohio State, Oregon State, and North Carolina as of August 20. Okay. Nice. Yeah, man. Big board's all the way almost done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was, um, there was a big 2024 Oh, AJ he, AJ he uh, he flipped. flipped. Yeah. Was, uh, no, he's a 2023. He's 2023, right? Yep. Which I thought that was, because didn't he, he's originally from, I believe he was originally from Illinois, and he moved down there and almost mm, generally. He's, he's, an, he's been an Oklahoma guy, but he was, he did, he's from no, Edmond. He was, no, he is from Illinois originally. I promise okay. you on that. Okay. Let me look it up to make sure I'm not full of crap. But well, I, I want to say they moved over Corona. I think the story is he went to Edmond and then... Yeah, you know where he's from. No, no, no. You know where he's from. Where's the chat? Is he... He's from Lamont, Illinois. Keith Gothard, Stay baby. From... I knew that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keith knows. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is he our, was oppor- a, this he is was our a... opportunity to have him on, to have Keith on. Yeah. So he took eighth place in state in 2020. So it's February of 2020. Uh, he grew a lot, but he took eighth place for Lamont High School um, in Illinois. Keith couldn't pull him uh, to Little Rock. Uh. <laughs> Didn't have the pool. But then he uh, moved to Stillwater mm-hmm. after committing to Oklahoma, remained yeah. committed to Oklahoma, and now fall of senior year flips to <laughs> Oklahoma State. Yeah, kind of. I mean, a... it's so when you, when you see people move to Stillwater, you're like, oh, they're going, they're going to yeah. the game. Oklahoma State High. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Did we talk about Zach Ryder to Penn State? Yes, yeah, I think so. Okay. A little bit. Mm-hmm. That was so, maybe on Thursday's show. I think Wednesday or Thursday last week. I think it wasn't it even the week before that. Yeah, it's been a minute. So. Oh really? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So even uh, the big dominoes starting to fall in 2024 now, as the mm-hmm. pretty much all the big dominoes have fallen in 2023. Yeah. 2024, we should start seeing. Um, I think as as we close it in on season, uh, high school as season. As they finish up their we, visits and whatnot. Correct. Yeah, there's be a few. Up their visits. Aiden Valencia, Stanford, Rockman. You go to see Michigan already. Yes. Ooh, I don't know yeah, on that I one. Think so, so yeah, yeah. there's a few already. So I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll have a few of those at AWA. I think, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Sinclair, Minnesota, Charlie Millard, I think they'll commit prior to season. That's my guess. Nice. Uh, so... There's actually a lot that aren't out there because Sealy's, okay, I'm just looking at the, this is, mm-hmm. oh, you guys got to update this big board. This is as, as of April 18 for the class of 2024. You need to mm-hmm. get get to work on this, boys. Take it up with Mr. Bray on Thursday. It'll be here Thursday, yeah. You tell him. All right, Mr. Bray, let's go. Sealy's uncommitted. Ferrari's uncommitted. Gibson going to Cornell. 
uh shanky he's gigantic i gotta assume he's playing football with as big as that dude is. yes um davino is uncommitted Ryder just committed lillidal uncommitted hopkey uncommitted so yeah there's not not too many of these guys are actually committed anywhere yeah i think it's just three so far in the top 10 yeah we yeah. did that like top 10 where we, we talked to a lot of the mm-hmm. top 10 recruits and their parents we should like follow up with that that would be cool to hear because we did it like on the front end of their recruiting, uh, like the week after uh, coaches were good. allowed to call. Yeah, the, yeah, the first call. So we talked to them and got you know got a picture of like what they were looking at and how that day was for them. So it'd be cool to mm-hmm. to re reconnect with those guys. Yeah, Oklahoma missed out on Heeg, but they did uh, last week pick up a coach in Tion Ware, yeah. which I don't think we mentioned. So. Like, He'd been like, at Oklahoma for quite some time, or Wyoming yeah. for quite some I was time. Sad, well, I was sad about Michael Leitner's departure, and I'm not I'm not sure what happened, but Michael Leitner, has been, he has spanned like four different administrations, mm-hmm. right? I think he started with Jack Spates and made it through. Uh, who else was there? Sammy Henson, Mark Cody. Am I missing one before Lou? Or is mm. that all of them? That's all of them. I think so. I think Leitner made it through all of them somehow, and and uh, so uh, he's always been a really nice guy, and kind of sad to see him go. But obviously, Tion's a great guy, also. So, congrats to him. I think people probably not your age and era, Ben, but definitely my age and younger forget how good Tion Ware was. Oh my God, he was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, NCAA champ for the Sooners, uh, two time, I believe. Um, four-time All-American yeah. and couple-time World Team member. Yes. Uh, I think he only made wrestle the World Championship one, one time, just once. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, he was always kind of competitive there. I remember this. Uh, this is where it's like it's so sad that wrestling history is lost. Um, and now you guys, you, know, you guys at Flow, you probably have this kind of thing. But um, Tian Ware wrestled Harry Lester. Um, oh, well, Harry Lester changed his name. What's his name now? It starts with a J. Justin. Justin yeah. Lester. Justin Lester. Uh, Harry Lester was the real deal in high school, and obviously he went to Iowa State for a year and then transitioned to Greco, but he did it all in high school. Um, and him and Keon had a match. I would say 2001, that would have been junior. 2001, junior duels, and it was like 13-12, and this match was so freaking fire. It was awesome. Uh, but no one will ever probably see that match because it just it wasn't. That's why it's uh, so... Uh, to my knowledge, it wasn't filmed, but it was freaking awesome. And the legend of that match will just grow bigger and bigger. Yes. Because nobody can ever watch it and be like, this looks like uh, Schultz and Bannock wrestling. <laughs> Dude, these dudes were good. That's bl- <laughs> Christian Piles, don't get me started. Uh, okay, looking ahead. The next big non-high school tournament is the U23 World Championships, uh, which start up in about a week. I will be there, so I may or may not be on the show next week. But entries have come out, international entries. Kozak, kind of break it down for us. Who are some of the top guys, maybe some of the toughest weights? Yeah, well, first off, it'll be interesting to see whether or not Iran is able to get into Spain. That's kind of like the big thing for them. I guess Iran has this habit of uh, applying for visas kind of on their own terms and then just 
Uh, you, they don't do anything on their own terms. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, just just the visa thing. That's all they do. Um, but so yeah, there's talk like I don't know. They might not get in. It'll kind of be a last second thing. But well, there's a lot of protests going on against. Uh, I mean, in Iran mm-hmm. and about Iran right now. There's quite a few protests yeah. going on. Well, that's one of the things that's that's really interesting um, for me is I'll check like an Iranian sports. Uh, news site pretty much every single day or you know every other day and lately it's been hard to get to and it's just been redirecting it your ass is on some kind of list yeah well it's been redirecting it to their their twitter and so that's one of the things that they're blaming the visa thing on is iran's like internet is being um i don't know uh, oh they're they're trying to crack down on their own internet so people can't communicate yeah so there's so that's the spain was saying they couldn't get their visas and that kind of thing. I don't know, but it sounds like as of now they're planning on being there, and they're bringing a really good uh, group of guys. So like pretty much every weight, look look for it, uh, Iran's guys. If if their heavyweight goes, that's registered. Uh, Amirza Masumi, he is the guy who. That's kind of not torched. the guy. That's the guy that just hammered um, Feldman. Yeah, that yeah. Was beat Feldman. He, Huge. Yeah, he's only like eighteen. Uh, he beat Mohebi this year, uh, and he he lost to Zare like it was like nine to three or something, uh, eleven to three, something like that. So he's he's kind of right there. I think I have him ranked in the teens um, somewhere at heavyweight. So if he's there against uh, Cassiope, that'll be really interesting to see. Um, and right now, I'd, I'd honestly favor Masumi just based on what I've seen. Yeah, dude, this he year. he. Hammered Feldman. I mean, it was not competitive. Yeah. So, um, Little Yazdani is registered at 70. It could be like uh, redemption. redemption. Yeah, for him. Since he didn't get a wrestle. Having a forfeit to find silver. Um, so, that'll be interesting. Uh, their 57 kilogram guy, uh, he, he's really good, uh, Ahmad Javan. He beat Sarlacc earlier this year, and then he went, came back and lost to him. So, he was like number two for their uh, senior world team spot. Um, Faraz Poor at 92 kilograms. He's, I think he's ranked like fifth or sixth in the world. He's won uh, U-20s the last two years. He was senior Asian champ this year. So Iran kind of up and down the lineup um, is really, really, really good. Um, there's some other, other guys kind of sprinkled throughout. Harachunyan, who just beat Seth Gross. He's in at 61. Uh, Horselayer at 57. Uh, that'll be a good test for Vito. So Vito at 57, he should have some some really solid Abe's there as well for Japan. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I missed, I missed that one. Um, I don't have the full list in front of me. I'm just going to have my, my list here. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. As far as, like, medals go, I think Vito has a really good chance. David Carr, uh, I think Storacci should win it. Trent Heidley, um, and obviously Cassiope won it last year. So I think we should come away with at least five. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, 65s for Cole Matthews might be tough. 92 Tavanian will be there at yeah. 65. Tavanian will be there. 92 97 are kind of wide open um, with Cardenas and, and Tanner Sloan. Hey, uh, kind of sidebar to this, but you just brought up uh, 66. 
Um, is Yanni gonna wrestle at the World Cup in December? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is He's is Cornell it. anywhere that weekend? Is he just skipping it or what? Um. So yeah, Yanni. I I think he talked on um. He talked on the Bader show. He talked on Bash's podcast as well. Uh, I, I know he plans on wrestling right off the bat against, um, is it Gomez? Austin Gomez? They have a duel. November 19th. Is that the All-Star? Or, oh, that's no, no, Yanni's okay. not in the All-Star. Um, so Gomez will wrestle Yanni the 19th, and then he'll turn around and wrestle Sasso on the All-Star. But then I think Yanni's planning on wrestling a really limited schedule first semester. Like, he might just... Might just wrestle. So is he going to skip? So obviously, book bookending that the weekend of the World Cup, they would have. I'm looking at the schedule. They would have uh, the Cliff Keen before, and then the collegiate duels after. Yeah. So the I'm impression the impression I got was Gomez 19th World Cup. That was and maybe the cle- maybe the collegiate duels then because that would obviously it'd be the following would, uh, Monday Tuesday after yeah yeah you, he would have a week yeah mm-hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see because man he's coming right off right off worlds he talked re- like he really wanted to have um, Amuzad like he wanted to to see him again um, yeah. and it was more along the lines of he he talked about this on Bader Bader show he was like. I really want to know what I felt in that match and what I took away from there and I'm working on is the right things that like I'm getting better. Yeah. He's like, I really want to know I'm getting better. So that one would be a hard one because, um, uh, I mean, man, there's, uh, I just feel like, I feel like there's not a lot of people who can generate that, that, that amount of power that, mm-hmm. uh, the Iranian did in that underhook type situation. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. interesting to see if he's actually, yeah. I would love to see that matchup again. I was really impressed with that writing kid. Yanni also kind of stirred the pot this past weekend. I don't know when exactly he he said this, but um, an account, the, the quota, the wrestling quota, said heavyweights in wrestling are like kickers in the NFL, where they're playing the same sport, but it's a completely different skill set, and attributed it to Yanni. I, yeah. No way of confirming if it he was, said this um, where no, I found he said it, it. It was in the uh, the he did an interview with Burroughs right before Worlds. It's on uh, yeah. Burroughs' YouTube channel, so I put it, the link in there. Um, but but heavyweights are significantly different. I, I don't know really. You know, I it, mean, it's, it's true. As, I mean, offending them as much as the kickers, uh, Yanni, you may be lit a little too far on that one. We'll give you that. I would say more like. Uh, Let's see. What is a good analogy? Like a tight end and a running back, or something like that. I don't know if we need a good analogy. Let's just say it's just we just know what it is, right? Uh, because of and I always talk about the body dynamics. Um, like for example, uh, your one hundred six pounders in high school, your one hundred sixes and one thirteens. You know, like if we're talking about sing- the, the, the person stuffed underneath and they're stretched on a single leg like this or a high crotch, like heavyweight. You ain't got to work no technique. Just put your hips on them, slide back, go behind them, right? And that's really like right. probably 182 and above. Like very few dudes have grips there. And then you go down to 106, ain't no one breaking anyone's grip ever. Like they just don't have enough mass. They don't got enough weight. Every 106 pounder can hold on to another 106 pounder like this, you know? So then you got to get creative. You got to do some other things because you are not going to break their grip because it just, just doesn't work, you know? And there's a whole bunch of situations like this. And so – 
Yeah, I mean, heavyweight wrestling is significantly different, and you have to understand what you can and can't do. And, like, so, for example, a light guy, you know, obviously I think most people think of it in a negative context, right? But a lighter guy can take a shitty shot and end up like this and pull that sucker in. But a big guy, a heavyweight, better not take a bad shot and be stretched out like that because they are going to get scored on pretty much 100% of the time, right? So they got to make sure their shots are a lot cleaner. So, it, you know, in certain aspects, yes, it would be negative. It's not maybe as refined or technical. But in other aspects, it's like, well, no, you actually have to be significantly more clean because if you're not that clean, you're going to get punished and you're going to get scored on. So, uh, yes, obviously positive and negative, I think. Yeah. I mean, you hear guys who move like even two-way classes in college wrestling talk about the difference from 157 to 174 or – whatever 133 to 149 like each jump it's a little bit different so then when you jump almost 100 pounds at heavyweight it's very different yeah we saw this with zilmer like he had to figure he had to figure out how to wrestle heavyweights and I think, I think was, he was one of those guys that held on yeah. to legs. If I remember correctly, he was long and skinnier at 165 mm-hmm. and, like, would mm-hmm. really, like, pull things in and that type of stuff, right? Yeah, and, and the jumps that he made even just in a year were significant, but he didn't just – and that's, it's not a slight in, in some ways to heavyweights where it's like, you know, Zilmer, he had to, he had to take some good amount of time and, and really figure out how to, how to be successful there because it's a different – it is a different skill set. Yeah, they have a totally different skill set. Yeah, so I, w- I would say um, it- it's obviously more limited, like, um, for the majority of heavyweights. You know, like, say, there are a few, right? Like, Mark Ellis scrambled his ass off, for example, um, and was very, very skilled there. But the majority can't, and that's because the punishment of having someone that large on top of you, it's just not going to work out, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you maybe refine the skill set by narrow- narrowing down the things that you can and can't do. Um. But then the things you do you do do have to be a little bit more precise to make them work. We like talk about being punished on bad shots, for example. Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, this is where I would like to know, um, you know, where we don't have a lot of uh, wrestling analytics and, like, stats. I would like to know, like... How are heavyweights scoring? You know, a bulk percentage of their points, and we could say, Come you know, on. Go, we could, yeah, you know, like we could say, <laughs> I can tell you that, you know, we can say it's on go behind, but it would be but... cool to see, like, hey, seventy percent of heavyweight scoring is on go behind, whereas you know, forty percent of one forty nine is on a, in a single leg. That's where what's it would the, be. What's really the cool oh my, what's the one website now that is uh, doing this? Um, oh, Quant. Quant. Yeah. Quant, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so like another, I mean, if we want to keep talking about, you know, another position, but another position would be like, and this one annoys me because this would be one where little guys get away with it and it's it's such crap. Um, but, and this is high school little guys, by, by, by the time they're college little guys, it's not nearly as much, but where they go underneath and they just hang on to the elbow. You know, like mm-hmm. high school little guys, there's so many that do that and, and have success and get away with it and don't get scored on. You ain't doing that at an upper weight. You're just not you're going to get crunched, you know? <laughs> so you can kind of be sloppy and go underneath and then hang on to an arm and, 
and you know probably prevent the score but in in you know upper weight wrestling that just that ain't happening it's always interesting to me that at in NCAA wrestling so many heavyweight matches are one and two point matches but obviously 95% of the time the favored guy wins or like two dudes can wrestle you think it's that much or like i don't know if it's that high i mean i could see you saying it's higher than other weight classes but like i'm not saying that they're le- maybe i am saying they're less upsets at heavyweight but like some guy can wrestle uh the same guy 10 times and he can win 10 times but he can win 10 one or two point matches where I feel like at, you know, middle or lightweight, if you're wrestling that many one and two point matches, unless you're Jason Sertzis, like you're going to drop some. Yeah. Um, but I, at heavyweight, it's something... just like they, they play with fire so much, but rarely get burned. Yeah, I don't, that's somewhere I would like to see the stats before I take what you're saying. What you're saying is truth because I'm not certain what you're saying. It may, you might be right. I'm not, I just, I'm not certain of it. Um, I mean, I would say, like we've commented with the the bad taking bad shots, you are more punished for um, not clean actions at the upper weights. And so, right, you are naturally then going to take a few less chances. I mean, think about Gable Stevenson, for example, who's probably the most elite at this ever. But it's like, how many times are you going to take a shot on Gable and not get scored on? Yeah. Right. You know? So it's like, then you just can't shoot or probably shoot. I don't like using Gable right as an up. example for all heavyweights, though, because yeah, he's yeah, an anomaly. It is. I guarantee you, I guarantee you at heavyweight, the rate of being scored on from your your opponent's shot, or you scoring from your opponent's shot, the is rate way of higher than scores per way. shot, either way, <laughs> very high. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Scores per The total scores per shot. We'll be higher, right. but I guarantee the percentage of being scored on when you shoot is way higher. Do you ever watch a heavyweight match and it's like it's tied match or one point match, and maybe the upset the the lesser ranked opponent is winning or it's tied, and you're like, all right, dude, just don't shoot, and you got it, or like Mason Paris versus you Paul just Jones. you just know like yeah you just know if you take a shot like. The better guy is just going to down block and go behind, and that's all he wants. And then he just waits, and then yes. the guy just takes a shot, gets stuck on his knees, and yeah. gives up. Yeah, the I mean that's why a, a heavyweight would it's have so to predictable. Get, the, the tactic that, and so I, I work with a lot of heavyweights. I love coaching heavyweights actually. So I work with Mark Ellis a lot of Missouri, and then um, Levi Cooper Arizona State, and he all American. And then I worked a lot with Trent when I was helping out in Wisconsin. Uh, me and Trent log every week. Like a big guy's got to get good at a high single so they can take more. He's again, if you shoot to your knees, why are you hitting your knees as, as, as a heavyweight? Yeah, so you you have to uh, you have to be able to step to a leg because it lowers your risk percentage by a lot that you're going to get scored on, and so you can take a lot of attempts at it, step to it, step to it, step to it, and not have much worry about getting stuck underneath. So you can take way more attempts, right? Because to your point, when you're shooting your knees, there's a really high percentage chance you're going to get scored on. So you don't want to shoot your knees a whole bunch, you know, because right. you know you can't you can't hang on to a leg here uh, like a lighter weight could. Um, so that, and then obviously battling to underhooks is you know another position where you know underhooks aren't nearly as effective at one twenty five as they are at heavyweight. Yeah, I'm just uh, my big to differ. Well, yeah. besides yeah, yeah, but... besides the <laughs> uh, I think 
step-ins and outside steps are even underutilized at middleweights yeah. as well. Like, there's a... Why are you hitting the knee if you don't have to? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I mean, heavyweights cannot... Yeah. That's the opportunities. Yanni, that was offensive. Just say you're sorry to heavyweights everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> another, another area where the analogy breaks down is that kickers are always the highest point scorers every year and all time. <laughs> so. Oh, stop. <laughs> yeah. Ben, uh, speaking of different sports and coaching, I think you could learn a thing or two from this Texas Permian Basin soccer coach. Did you see this? Growth mindset. No, but I, well, I saw the headline and I didn't want to click on it. <laughs> this coach, Carla Tejas, which... I mean, it's Texas in Spanish. I don't know if you know that. That is pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, she has been placed on administrative leave, according to AD Todd Dooley, after a series of allegations from an anonymous group of players ranging from illegal conduct to insane infractions to inappropriate behavior. Some of these infractions uh, included getting arrested for DWI and having play her, players pay her bail. <laughs> Um, Tremendous. Who else would you want to pay your bail? Right, right. <laughs> Those are rider dies right there. Uh, kissing with the men's soccer team players in public. Distributing alcohol. What age, wait, what, I'm sorry. What age are we talking about? High school, college? College. Okay. Well, at least it's not illegal, but it's still right. probably not. Well, distributing alcohol to minors is. That oh, was that another alleged yep, offense. It's illegal. Mm hmm. Uh, she did other things such this as wild, huh? encouraging players to foul and injure opponents, enforcing <laughs> strict diet, uh, that because... I don't see what's wrong with that one. That one sounds okay. Well, because it's 18, 19-year-old girls, it, uh, caused body dysmorphia and eating disorders. Uh, she also encouraged players to say soccer comes first. Uh, basically saying skip class <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't really worry about your grades. She was kicked out of a game and came back in. This sounds oh, like this. You know who this sounds like? This sounds like uh, Will Ferrell made a hilarious movie where he was uh, the Kicking and screaming. soccer coach. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is what this sounds like. <laughs> this is good though. Didn't she come back? With the disguise. With the disguise on. Yes, <laughs> I love this lady. There this was an MLB hero. player or an MLB coach who did that. Oh, Actually, gosh. I can't remember his name. And she coached uh, with walkie-talkies after getting kicked out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's resourceful, too. How, I long love her. She, how long was she a coach here? Uh, I'm not I'll sure. I'm bringing she, her on staff. Come she on has staff. still not been fired. Uh, just oh, placed on administrative God. leave. What division is this? Division 2. Wow. Texas Permian Basin. Yeah. That's how Division 2 could sound. Yeah, that's your world, man. <laughs> yeah. I think she needs to go to Juco, like a last chance you type situation. Yeah. Oh, I, I need to the uh, the documentary to come out about her. Send Netflix oh on it. You know. Legend. It kind of sounds a little bit like Kenny Powers stuff, too. So maybe you could, they could make a, a Yeah, the Blue Mountain it. State connection was also made. Yeah, um, that, I didn't see that, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think you could learn a thing or two about uh, – about actual good coaching, Ben. <laughs> From Miss Teos here. <laughs> oh, I love it. The walkie-talkies is great. Genius. 
Yeah, uh, I think there were even more. There's a whole like Twitter thread about all the allegations against her, against her, but it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Fun times in the NCAA coach room. I bet get her to Division One, she'll take advantage of NIL. She'll she'll be getting her players oh, those yeah. deals. She's got the connects. I, I think NIL kind of went away because uh, uh, not went away. It's not nearly as big, especially in wrestling, as people realized that kids aren't actually worth that much yeah. money or, or there's only a very small amount of them that are. I feel like it's like I feel like everyone's like, oh my god, it's going to be this huge thing and now it's like, eh, it's like it's a thing, but not like a gigantic thing. Have you seen the um, like the top 100 of NIL stuff and, and other sports? We had that in the doc last week, but we never talked about it. Zero of them were wrestlers. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of them were just uh, probably half-ish were highly attractive females. Um, who have large social media followings? Yeah. Um, which I mean, that in that in that instance, their athletic prowess may or may not have to do a huge amount with their followings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then a bunch of the other ones were high-level uh, football and basketball players because they're you know they're the most talked about. Yeah, it, I've I've kind of been following the NIL stuff in wrestling and the uh, success with honor, the Penn State's one. They've been the most yeah. active. Um, as far as like something that's attract uh, like attached to a school, um, yeah. and with wrestlers being a part of it, uh, Penn State's. Baden Fix got a truck last week. I think. I think. It's yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Something. Big old jacked up Chevy. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's cool. That was much much taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of hard. funny. I'll see if I can uh, get the picture here. But yeah, it's also at, like the top two earners. What exactly does the uh, success with honor? So success with honor, do? it's um, it so they they raise money to, on you know obviously support student athletes at Penn State, but it, they also do it through subscription based stuff for fans. So you can subscribe to Success with Honor at like fifty bucks a month, or a hundred dollars, or there's you know what? tier levels, and they get like autographed whatever or you know what was this type of thing called i can't remember i thought they put out collective. regulation on this and what i call it collectives collectives i thought they yeah. put out regulations on collective yeah there are they can't be they can't be um officially attached to like the university but they can work in congruence with them and sometimes depending on the state like coaches can you know barter deals um even for their, their student athletes like some states are wide open um but it seems like as success with honor, they're really good with like fan engagement. So they even have wrestlers yeah. on like different podcasts. They do uh, meet and greets, breakfast, uh, autograph signings, and you would imagine every time the athletes are doing something like this, you know, they're getting they're getting paid for it. Um, but yeah, yeah, they seem well, to be the most part organized. Of a bigger contract, like over the course of the year, we're going to pay you mm-hmm. X amount, and you will do this for us. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. One athlete who is getting paid, Texas QB Quinn Ewers. He uh he signed an NIL deal for uh, one point four milli. Yeah. I think it was back yeah. when he was at Ohio State though. But if I remember correctly, it's pretty much just to sign autographs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I think it was this way GT Sports Marketing of like locking him in. Oh, is it's a yeah to a, a deal in the future. Right, he'll probably have to do more in the future, but 
it's paying off for him. They took a gamble before he'd ever even played a game, and now he's like the number one quarterback in the country. It's funny. A lot of the a lot of the guys that are making money in uh, the NIL space are all like former athletes, kids or current athletes. Like so, you have. The gym, Brian oh, James, I saw that. Shaq was Arch, on there. LeBron's Archie kid was Manning, on there. Right? Yeah, Shaq's kids. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. There's the yeah. uh, the Dayton and his GMC. Oh, yeah. That's a nice big nice old truck. truck. You can go around and do all the truck stuff that his heart desires. Yeah. Up there in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Ben, uh, we were talking about books. I think that was last week, and Alyssa yeah, reached out um, with some wrestling books that he suggested. I've I've read I've read the majority of these. Have you read this one, The Imaginary Girlfriend, Wrestling Memoir by John Irving? I have not read that. I have not read that one. I didn't actually look so, it up to see if it's real, but I choose to believe that it is. I'm a great sure book. it's real. It's very real. So I- I read the Oklahoma Shooter. That was fun. The Dan Hodge story. Uh, Four Days of Glory. I read that one. That was a fun one. Um, I've not read the Chris Taylor book. I did read. I did read Kurt Angle's book. Uh, I don't remember this Dream Team of, of 1947, but I feel like I read another Bobby Douglas book. So I mean, I was going to look that up. Actually, I saw this in the dog. Uh, I feel like I read a Bobby Douglas book. Let me look it up. Wrestling. Yeah, so I've read, I've read the majority of these. Like I said, wrestlers they need to write more uh, write more books. I think I need to read the Imaginary Girlfriend, a memoir. Why is it called the Imaginary Girlfriend? I, I, I don't know. I need to find <laughs> you out. Read it, yeah. Yes. I'm, well, I'm reading the description. Oh. And the Imaginary Girlfriend is a miniature autobiography dealing Irving's parallel careers of writing and wrestling. That's just like you. That's right. So, I read. <laughs> I have read this Bobby Douglas Life and Legacy of an American Wrestling Legend by Craig Sesker. I have read this one, um, and it's so awesome because on on the the front cover he's got his uh, notorious fanny pack. We used to love that freaking thing in college. We would talk about what what's in there, what's in the pack, <laughs> what is in the pack, and we would always make these hilarious stories about what he had in the pack. But then one time, I heard he showed John Smith a turkey claw. <laughs> Uh yeah, I like, would actually like believe he's it. hunting. Like he he shot he shot the <laughs> turkey. Uh, so funny, right? All right, let's get to some questions from New Wave Coach. Which, if any, small schools do you think will see the most improvement from last year in March? Hmm. Man, this is one we need to go research. Uh, I, and by small school, what do they mean? Let's just do any school. <laughs> Who who's gonna jump the most from last year's NCAs to this year's? Okay, so I, I looked real quickly me. at uh, last year's finishes to like our projection based off of your guys' rankings. Mm-hmm. So uh, South Dakota State finished. Can you put these in the doc real quick? Is there any chance you could do that? Uh yeah. A link that way I can I can get on it. I just I just wrote down four things. Um, okay. I put it at the bottom. Um, Got it. South Dakota State finished 44th last year. We have them projected tied for 24th. Uh, Harvard, 52nd last year. Again, tied for 24th. And Northern Colorado. Oh, they got uh, Yaroslav back. Slavikuski, yeah. Northern Colorado and Utah Valley were two other ones who were uh, like 10 to 15 
if if Aliris can mm-hmm. get it together, and that's what it kind of got Stevo now too, so. and they got mm-hmm. yeah, Steve Wayland, and Utah Valley has who uh, Demetrius Romero back. Mm-hmm. But they lost Lamont. He's in like his nineteenth year, so I'm not so certain he's gonna. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, Ohio. I'm I'm looking from the bottom. Uh, Indiana only has one point, so I have a feeling they might be able to go up. Chattanooga at fifty six. That's an interesting one because they just had a couple good. Um, Rocky Jordan. Uh, they got Rocky Jordan. Didn't they get someone else? Mm-hmm. Who the hell did they get? I'm trying to pull up the roster. That that would be a good one. And then their 25 was pretty solid, also. Um, oh, they got Jake Boyd, who you know he's a national qualifier type guy, probably uh, from he was at Oklahoma and had some medium results. You know, Rocky Jordan. I feel like there was one more. They Logan got. Ashton. They got yeah. that Camden Monroe kid. He was um, he was the one that beat uh, Levi Haynes on the front side. Remember, and then he lost to him on the backside. No, no one remembers this. Just me. I you think. <laughs> I think maybe West Virginia could get. Uh, oh, Bracky, baby, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, the Fighting Brackies, Cardinal, <clears throat> could do well. Peyton Hall could end up doing well. I'm pretty high on uh, Hilligus. Uh, he's he hasn't done much so far, but. He transferred in from Virginia Tech. I think he could be a, a solid guy yeah, Jordan Titus for them too. as well. What about Navy or Maryland? At uh, you know, is Navy is what second or third year now under Colat? They got anyone that could break through? I know they're bringing in a bunch of uh, recruits. Some really good ones. I don't know if they're poised for it this year, yeah, but yeah. definitely in like three years, I think they could be really good. We got a couple guys. Cerniglia, solid. Coderham was solid too last year, right? Yeah. What about? Okay. What about uh, Merritt? Is Maryland? Did Maryland get anyone? Because I feel like they're another team that's you know obviously a big time team. Um, I think their one twenty five could be pretty good. Braxton Brown, he redshirted last year, but I don't know. I don't think he's. Podium, good maybe. What about uh um uh, guy that made the junior worlds? Um, Jackson Smith. Jackson Smith. Mm-hmm. He maybe like, one ninety seven. Yep, so he was. He, he'll be another guy coming out of red shirt. Yeah, but one ninety seven is freaking ridiculous. Yeah. John Smith, uh, I assume will go up to heavyweight. He was a one ninety seven last year, but mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. that'll be Smith's spot at one ninety seven. So. He's another guy who could maybe win a couple matches for him at NCAs. Yeah. Keith Gathard says uh, Little Rock, of course. Little Rock, of Solis course. was all right, too. At 174, he was all right. Yeah, maybe they could. I mean, so obviously, once you know, you got to look at these bottom teams because, um, you know, once you get far enough up, it's, it's way, way harder to move mm-hmm. up. So you got to kind of look at the bottom 25 to 30. West Virginia actually wasn't that bad that year. I mean, so like if you're talking about West Virginia jumping 20 spots, they're 12 versus, you know, if we're talking about Chattanooga, they're still 35th. Mm-hmm. You know, or Harvard 32nd. So it's, I feel it's like way Oklahoma more State to jump. has to do better. It's just How weird to see. 
14th. 14th. Yeah, but I mean, for that, I mean, obviously, they, the most spots they can move up would be 13, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely, if we're, talking about, if we're talking about the most spots jump, that's going to be hard. Yeah, true. Okay, from the real Avery Lynch, what is the biggest international match between currently active wrestlers that we that we need to see? Dake Sidikov? Dake Sidikov, yes. Gable's not active, so we can't count him. So it's, it's, it's Dake Sidikov for sure. How do we see that one going? Hopefully in our favor. But <laughs> I mean, it's been a while now, right? So who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, uh, let's see. Are there any Dave. other ones that we really want to see? Mm, I mean, if, can we cross weight classes or no? Because I mean, if we can cross weight classes, yeah, I I would yeah. still love to see uh, Jaden Cox versus Ted July. I mean, I I, I think Ted July is a gigantic favorite, but I still just want to see how it goes. Um, I would love to see David Taylor. Uh, I guess we've seen that one. David Taylor versus Jaden Cox again, even mm-hmm. though we have seen it, but it's been now what? five years since we've seen it. it's been a really long time 2017 yeah, yeah. that'd be a fun one though i would love to see i mean maybe i like jaden cox but i'd like to see him against yadani also that would be a lot of fun yeah there's um there's talk amongst the iranian fans that uh yes so there's a there's always an iranian pro league that kicks up yes. right after um right after worlds kind of goes through winter um and all the Kind of all the stars wrestle in it. They don't always wrestle every match, but there's talk that yes, Donnie might bump up and wrestle 92 against Gassimpor, uh, which Ooh, he is he's three and zero against them. But it's been it's been a little bit since they've they last wrestled. And then the Iranian fans they want to see they want to see their lineup shuffled around to see like, Gassimpor to go down. Gassimpor 86. Uh, that Farazpour guy at 92. And then they want to see Yazdani go up to, to 97. Um, what? Some of, them, some of them do. That was uh, Are something you I was reading me? this morning. But... Uh, they're like, I think their thought is like, Gassim, they're like, all right, Yazdani probably not beating David ever again uh, unless there's a regression from David. Gassimpour, though. Yeah. yeah could maybe get Dude, him. he looked good against Cox. I'll, yeah, I'd be interested to see Gassimpour versus uh, David. That'd be fun. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't know if he can successfully make 86. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. They said last year that he was still weighing light because um, he, he had been trying to make 86 for years. But he's he's still relatively young. I think he's only like 24, 25. That's it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I think. He, I don't think he's older than 26. <laughs> what about Cuddy make made up Burroughs? Yeah. Have JB get a little redemption for Kyle? Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, Cody, man, he loves to talk. So, yeah, it's <laughs> tremendous. I'm sure, he would, I'm sure he would ask for it at least. Um, yeah, I would, I'd like to, I would see like to see Gilman get the Yugoyev match back. Mm-hmm. Or Gilman uh, or uh, Yugoyev versus the, uh, the Legionary that just beat him. Oh the yeah, championships. Yeah, Abakarov. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which Abakarov has been wrestling sixty-six kilograms in the uh, in the German really German Bundesliga. Yeah, Abakarov. He, he, he's enjoying himself. And okay, mo- let this let this man live. A so little bit. he just won fifty-seven. He's wrestling sixty-six up there. 
And then um, Muzakayev's <laughs> wrestling 75 kilograms. They have, like, different weight classes in Germans, Germany's pro league. You know what I respect, though, is that they call it what it is. They didn't yeah. say, this is the weight class 50, plus, plus four kilos. But everybody 29. gets four kilos. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, then just call it whatever they're weighing. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Totally. Yeah. Like, the whole plus two is just dumb. Shenanigans. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's still like this because I don't have to wait anymore. But when I was competing, um, I mean, there was only a few tournaments where you actually had to make scratch. I think for the big ones and, like ranking series, continentals, continentals mm-hmm. worlds, yeah. and Olympics yeah. and qualifiers, you have to. Yeah. But I, I think still for a lot of those random international ones, they'll give you two kilos. One last one that I want to see. I want to see Odaguru come back um, and take on Amuzad. Amuzad. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. That is my. That is my. Man, wish are list. we ever getting Russia back? I mean, it's not I looking mean, great it's... as far as just uh, the war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. could they just switch? I, I don't know. Could they just be like, all right, uh, it's been long enough. I saw something the other Maybe, day. Maybe, but I think the IOC would have to pull that trigger mm-hmm. before yeah, UWW does. I saw something the other day where it was um, the like International Boxing Federation, mm-hmm. which is known to be corrupt. very corrupt. They're letting Russia in, and it was like Sitikov was like, oh, you know, I hope other... You know, other international organizations do the same thing. But then other people were like, yeah, a corrupt organization is going to let Russia in. And anybody, so it's not a good look. Anybody that follows it. suit is going to be considered, you know, corrupt. So that was kind mm. of the, the talk um, there. What about, what about um, uh, like, American dream matches that haven't happened yet? USA versus USA? Gothard saying, obviously, Spencer, Gilman. Spencer Lee versus Gilman. Gilman versus Spencer one? Lee. Is there any, anything else? I think I'd like to see Starachi Burroughs. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm in for Starachi Burroughs, Starachi Dick. I'm in for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throw Suriano in the mix at 57 too. Yeah. Plus Dayton yeah. when he has to go back down. Mm-hmm. 57's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. Big time. All right. Speaking of Carter Starachi, Dark Killer 175. Wow. Wants to know, based off of Carter's most recent interview, do you see him going 165 for the 23-24 season and how would it impact Penn State's lineup? Hmm, no, sure. I don't think so. I actually thought him, he might go up is what I thought. Did you listen to any of his uh, interviews yet? Uh, no, but you yet. Got, we talked about it a lot on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, so so you guys are pretty certain he was going 74 kilograms for 2024, um, which then would obviously make sense for him to go down and just get used to that weight. Man, I always had the sense that he was before that. I had the sense that he was big and that he may go up a weight class, but I guess that's just not. The case. Yeah, I mean, he literally did for the Olympic. for the Olympic trials. Yeah. He went eighty six kilos. Yeah. Um, but no, he said he stated as much at his plan. So say one seventy four and then drop down for the Olympic trials. I don't think he could consistently make it mm-hmm. week in and week out. Um, Man, I mean, I don't want to party on his parade here but then it's like it does if you're not used to making that weight class uh it uh, it affects you right if you 
you haven't made, and obviously 134 is 11 pounds above 163. So it's a good amount. You know, when I was making it, it affected me, and I made it day before. Mm-hmm. Damn, like you know, it was yeah. hard. Uh, really stressed my body, and so if you got to make it that morning of and then wrestle, and he's not used to that, that might uh, might be hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, the interviews. I don't know if Starachi's full interview is up, but we like have it split up into segments. Um, I know that that's up. And then Kirk Fleet, the full interview with Kirk Fleet's up, and Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks talked about his future plans. Um, he says he's like perfect 86, um, perfect size for 86, and he wants to wrestle through 2028. Um, he talked a little bit about his MMA, like, yeah, I might, I might want to fight, but he's like, right now, he's like, I want to win. I want to win the Olympics, and he's like, it'd be really cool to win it in, in L.A. Uh, in 28. So... That's kind of cool to see. I'm, I'm excited about him being around freestyle for a long time. And then Kirk Fleet, um, he shared that he's going to use all of his eligibility. Uh, I think he's got three years left. What? No, stop. Well, so this year, and then I think he's got two more. Stop. I'm pretty sure. Everybody gets uh, how many years they want now, Ben. <laughs> there, are, there are no rules anymore. It's preposterous. I'm, just, I'm looking... I mean, come on, guys. How does he do this? There's no yeah. way. Let's see. <laughs> he was okay, a freshman so he's last been, year. He's All-American. He redshirted in 2020. He wrestled 2021. Got the free year. Did he go? Did he do a gray shirt then also? I don't know. He did do a gray shirt because he graduated the same year Gable graduated, right? No, he was a year later, I thought. Wow, that see, this seems preposterous that he has that many years left. Well, you better believe it, Buster. Um, I'm I'm doing my research right now to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, but those those uh, those interviews are, are pretty interesting. It's it is cool to hear from uh, all three of those guys, and they they're up on up on the site, so you should you should check those out. Maybe we can talk about them tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah, I guess he graduated in 2019. Wow, he'll get some serious eligibility these days. Mm-hmm. That is wild. All right, last question from Jay Dubs: Is it realistic to think Cornell could be a trophy team this season? I don't. Oh, no. the I don't roster. see it. Uh, definitely top ten. I think we have them ranked eight, eighth uh, for preseason, but cracking well, the top four is so hard besides- to do. Who's gonna score big points besides Yanni and Vito? Let's go there. Exactly. Yeah. Big points. That, so big Cardenas points, is gonna be decent, but not big points. Ramirez could be Fernandez. okay, but he's at 165, which is so tough. Fernandez could sneak on the podium, uh, like six through eight. Yeah. Oh, They've got a Thomas. lot of like round of 12 yeah. guys who, if they were just like perfect in that round, they could have like eight All Americans. Yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing that. I'm not I, I think Jonathan Lowe gets on the podium. Um, Fernandez was close last but, year. Yeah. But you I got you got to think... have you got to have the top three type guy. You got to have top three guys. You could have a whole bunch of guys between six and twelve, which they probably will, and they ain't gonna score that many points. Right. Great dual team. Great dual yeah. team would win a dual championship. Well, maybe not win, but... (laughs) 
Yeah, they be. I mean, they would be competitive in a dual championship because they fill, you know, uh, from from. Let's see. So heavyweight 97, 84, uh, 70 or 65. I would say all those guys are like six to 12 guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's five ways straight. And then obviously you got two real studs down low and, you know, you're filling the other ones where I'm not, I'm not as certain about Cornella or Greg D or, you know, these type of guys. I'm not as certain they're going to be as effective as those upper weights, but 65 to heavyweight, they got, they got a really good solid guy at every single weight. Yeah, I think they're gonna have problems at twenty-five. Is fifty-seven gonna be? Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yapujin. I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking. Yeah, probably Yapujin. He's he's all right. Yeah, NCAA qualifier. Yeah. Probably type guy. Yeah. Cornella, I think uh, you can. There's a lot of hope. Um, he looked really good this past yeah. off season. Obviously. Made an age level world team. I think they're going to struggle at 125, though. So, yeah. solid team, trophy team. Mm, I don't know. Going to be tough. Yeah. Thank you. And on that note, I think we're going to get out of here. Hang on, hang on. I got something. Uh oh. Mark Bader! Let's go! <laughs> okay, I was listening on the way in, on the drive-in, and I came in, and I didn't hear who this person was. I just started hearing Wait, all the crap you, she had Bader? done. Hold on, where are you? Um, I'm within the eye shot of these guys. I'm in the studio. This we have a little side table. Oh, you're on. You're on. Uh, I'm right here. I'm in the okay. office with yep. these guys. Yep. Um, this, she's a coach or an administrator who was like, I turn it on, and she's like, she did this and this. And Ben's Mark like, well, that's not jealous illegal. right now. And then JD's like, well, she served him alcohol too and all these other things. And then <laughs> she came in with the disguise and it was the, it was the Mets manager um, who did that. But uh, do you guys know that Ben did the same thing? Ben I wasn't was, a coach though. I wasn't a coach. You, well, <laughs> I wasn't a coach. <laughs> he did, but the whole disguise thing. So uh, correct me if I get any of this wrong. Okay, you were in college. I'm a- Max was in high school. You Correct. went to go to the state tournament. You wanted to coach Max. You wanted to be on the floor, but because you weren't a high school coach and took the certification classes or something like that, they're yeah. like, hey, man, you, you really can't do this. And Ben, being Ben, did it as many times as he could and then got kicked out. Not as like, I only did it once. I went down. <laughs> yeah, the security is strict there at the Cole Center. They kicked me out, and I tried to come back in. They kicked me out again. I'm like, well, I'm I'm gonna go watch the finals. I'm not gonna not watch the finals. So I just put I put a nice uh, glass glasses on <laughs> and a hat, and I'm golden. There was like videotape. His mom brought videotape. She was like, yeah. What a Mark Bader. What a memory you have. You're a legend. <laughs> like an elephant. Like an elephant. Ben, what happened to your hair? <laughs> You're like. Me? That's what my hair looks like. Okay. That's been every morning. That's fantastic. I, you know, Peter, I shower probably one before the show. I probably shower once every once a ten week. Shows or so. <laughs> That's okay. Once every ten shows. Once a, okay. Ben is still claiming he doesn't stink. Doesn't. That just doesn't. Mark, like Mark can vouch for the fact that I do not have body odor. We were on a camping <laughs> trip for like a whole week, and I probably didn't shower. You want to hear what Mark did to me? Go what? I don't know I'll just tell about that trip we took. I know the trip. It was fantastic. Ben jumped in a river to bathe. That's how he was bathing those yeah. days. <laughs> no, I had this girlfriend. I knew I was going to break up with her after the trip. But I already paid for the trip. So I'm like, whatever. I'm going to go with her. And I told Mark and our other friend that, hey, like, I'm going to break up with this girl after the trip. But, like, I paid for the trip. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring her with. 
they freaking tortured me, bro. They kept doing this. Like the torque wrench, like they were tension. There was <laughs> so much tension. Cut so the tension. It wasn't and just they a regular stop the whole week. It's not like uh, we went to a resort. We rented a car. We rented a yeah. an SUV. So we we and we camped every night. So we were just in this car driving every day. Like we we flew into there was no San Francisco. Yeah, we were all in this one car. So it was like that. You know, it wasn't like oh, are they fighting? It's like the tensions right here. <laughs> And uh, it was funny. There was lots of. I forget somebody shit this big bag, and she did have everything we needed in that bag. Like you need a Allen wrench, pull it out of the bag. You need a bandage, pull it out of the bag. That was funny. What a Good legend! Times. Yeah, I could tell some more stories about Mark Bader, but it might not be appropriate for FRL. <laughs> We're gonna save those FRL after dark with C.I. Williams. Those are for the watch, the watch party. Yeah. I got plenty of Ben stories to match. <laughs> All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Bader, for joining on these last few minutes. Thank you, Kozak, for hopping on today. Kozak will be back tomorrow joining us. Still oh, yeah. no CP. He's still out east. Who's, might... ba- who's Bader's guest on the Bader show today? Who's Bader's your guest? Nate Carr. Ooh. All right. There we go. Which, Fire. Which one? Junior or senior? Big guy. Oh. oh I got a question. story about Nate Carr. Bader, I don't know if you were there or if you're too old. You're pretty old. Tell me. But one year... Nate Carr came down. Do you remember Milledgeville? Yeah. Oh, the, Millage, the Milledgeville stories also are only for FRL After Dark. <laughs> we did this team camp in this place called Milledgeville. And Georgia. all pretty much all the stories are only for After Dark. But <laughs> one day, Nate Carr showed up. Um, so this is 2000, we'll say like 2003, 4, 5, somewhere in there. And so he's well, well, well past his competing days. You know, he's like in the 80s. Dude, he gave Chris McCormick the biggest beatdown ever. He was just partying on us, dude. He would start using one hand on him. Oh, my God. It was, like, the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh, but Chris was, was losing his mind. You know, like, a pretty good college wrestler. And Nate Carr was just partying on his ass. It was, like, Toying the funniest that. thing to watch. Uh, Were you there that's or no? No, I wasn't there. That might have been, I guess that was after I graduated. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was awesome. I would remember. So, stick around. Tune in to the Bader Show. It'll be in just... A little bit. And AM Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. We'll see y'all the rest of you tomorrow. Hey.